Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. I constantly look for, for new people and new blood and fresh talent, which I think that is very important. But that's what it is. I'm a little bit greedy when it comes to new talent and new comics and good comics. And I just love them to death. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard. Very happy and excited about today because we have part two with Esti Adaram, the matriarch and legendary comedy booker for over three decades at the Comedy Cellar in New York City, along now with the Village Underground and the Fat Black Pussycat and the Comedy Cellar in Vegas. Truly an extraordinary woman. And if you need to reach me at any time, you can do so at Barry Katz on Instagram or Twitter, or you can go to barrycats.com and get a hold of me, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you so much for all the support. Truly appreciate it. This trip to New York was really extraordinary. I spent a lot of time down in the comedy clubs seeing great talent. I was honored to be a guest of Estes, not only for her podcast, but also for her brunch. That's right, they do a comedy brunch. You want to know who works hard in comedy. Just look at who's down there to do spots at the comedy brunch. People like Ryan Hamilton, Hassan Minaj, Ari Shafir just hanging out, and so many others. But also, who rolls in? Aziz Ansari doing an hour on stage. And Jeffrey Ross hanging out for that hour just so he can go on and try out some new stuff. These are people who really want to make their mark, no matter what level they are. And it's truly, truly incredible to see. 
it was just an honor to be there and then go to the party at the Village Underground with all the comedians hanging out with Tiffany Haddish and Godfrey and Artie Fuqua and Artie Lang and just being able to be there go to Colin Quidden's new show at the Minetta Lane Theater, which I highly recommend. It was just a really great experience. And then being flown in for the National Retail Federation convention with over 40,000 people there and doing podcasts upcoming, which you'll hear with Nikki Hilton, uh, Rebecca Minkoff, the president of StubHub, the president of the NRF, Kenan Thompson from SNL. It was just a really, really special time, and I hope that you enjoy those episodes as much as I do. And if you are not in New York City and you get a chance to go, you must go experience the Comedy Cellar. But also, I'm not discounting the other comedy clubs in New York City. They all have their own lane. They have their own idiosyncrasies and unique facets about them. And as I always do when I think about Estiodoram, I think about longevity. I think about passion. From her days in the Israeli army before she came to this country to her first days coming to the comedy cellar and working in a lower level position and working her way up until where she is today, Esti has continually led by example and has always been a leader of men and women. Every comedian that you could ever imagine that's a household name is someone who she has intersected their life in a positive way. She shared with me recently that they did 70 shows during the holidays one week. 70 shows. Most comedians don't do tours that are 70 shows. This woman did 70 shows in these establishments not including Vegas. And why people are coming in droves is not because of thousands and thousands of dollars in advertising and promotion. It's the old-fashioned thing, word of mouth, that's created through relationships. It's something that I can never stress enough. I forged a relationship with Esty early on and the late Manny Dwarman, a great, great man. And it was difficult. I opened my club there and they didn't want me there. But I kept being persistent. I kept coming in, trying to get them to realize that I wasn't trying to compete with them. I was just trying to do great things for my clients. That's all I wanted to do. And if it happened that they got bigger, I prayed that they worked at the Comedy Cellar because I love that club. And eventually they took me under their wing and they've been tremendous to me ever since. And her formula has always been simple. Not meddling, not getting involved, 
not trying to give advice, not trying to tell people who they should be or what they should be, just analyzing, watching, and treating artists with the greatest respect, love, and admiration, and support. And I can guarantee you, if you can figure out a way to utilize all these skills that she has, you'll have the possibility of having the kind of 37-year career and still going that Esti Adoram has. Here we go in three, two. This show will have laughter. I got everybody pregnant with Barry Katz and semen. I'm not comfortable with the tone this is taking. If you're undeniable, you will not be denied. If you want to be successful in show business, you get yourself a Jew white manager like Barry Katz. <laughs> Being a manager is just turning no's into yeses. Creating holy shit moments. Undeniable. You fucking firing me up, Katz. I love this man. Is there anything else I should know? You're on. What? Now I'm on the air. Barry Katz. Back in the house. 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 Let's do this. You've been here over three decades. You've lost a lot of great comedians. Many of them, you knew what they were doing, just like all the other comedians did. Yeah. You saw their self-destructive behavior. Yeah. Is it the same philosophy in business as advice where you don't take somebody aside? Let's just take somebody like Greg Giraldo, first class guy, wonderful man. Are you the kind of person throughout the years that sees something and takes somebody aside and says, look, get some help? No, I, I, I wouldn't go get some help because it's it, it, too obvious, too obvious. Um, but I was there where he would pour his heart out to me and, and complains and he didn't want to be on the road and the road was getting to him. And, you know, so we had more of a conversation. Um, I knew what the problem was. I, I, and, and he had a lot of friends, a lot of friends. That, everybody stood by him. Everybody was standing by him. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, whether he had issues of not being happy or, or if he had issues about... He couldn't find a place for himself. You know, he was a lawyer. He was... In every aspect of his life, he always felt like something was lacking. Something was missing. And being as smart as he was, I... I I don't think that he wanted to do himself in. I think it was an accident, but he became careless. And, you know, it's just as careless as somebody has a health issue, but don't do anything about it. But Giraldo, Giraldo is my heart. I mean, I love that man so much, so much and appreciated him and and it's just the saddest thing ever his brother in the funeral was like uh, introducing me as his second mother <laughs> you know it, it's yeah it was so dramatic it didn't surprise you no it did not surprise me but it was it hurt it hurt it really really hurt 
I had Tom Papa, you know, check him. They were very close friends. But tell everybody, you know. And like day to day, how is he doing? How is he doing? Is he, it's better that he wake up, you know. You live every second of this journey, unfortunately. Um, I can't tell you how many times he had spot and he didn't make it, and I knew exactly why. But you never fired him. You can't do that. You always hope that they turn turn around, that, that it's going to stop. It, well, you know what I mean? If I know any other comic, not Greg Giraldo, but any other comic, maybe I would stay, step back and not book them. Maybe if somebody is a big time drinker, if they get drunk, they don't come ready to do a set because they are not uh, in the right mind. Maybe I, I'm not going to fire them. They don't work for me. They submit the veils and I either use them or not. They don't work for, for comedy seller. You know what I mean? They're all independent artists. And so uh, it's not a question. Of, but there is a group of comics that are quote unquote grandfathered in here. And Geraldo was one of them. That was family. Jim Norton, Keith Robinson, Tom Papa. They're all family. They're all family. So even if they do something really ho horrible, 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 they're family. We I said Keith Robinson, he used to work in your club, and one day I didn't have somebody, so I used to call your club. You call, used and to call I used me to all say, the time. Yeah, you say, who do you have there? And they were rattled in, who is there? I said, can you send them over, blah, blah, blah. And I love those phone calls, and as you probably are well aware, I never called here for a comedian. If I would call you, I would feel like that will show them that I can't make it. For you guys, you had so many shows going, it was crazy. No, that time we didn't. I called you and you said, well, there is uh, Keith Robinson, and I said, who else? And he heard it. <laughs> we did not, we laugh about it because Keith is like one of my very closest friends and I love him to that. And he's hilarious, hilarious. I used to call you, I used to call Silver sometimes also. Silver Friedman at 44th and 9th, the she, old improv. She, she, she's the one that sent me Mark Cohen for the first time. And I, here, here you have Mark Cohen, okay? Goofy, jumping all over the place with the guitar, whatever. And then you have a political, straight, serious comic. It doesn't mean that one is better than the other, is it? That I'm reverting back to the previous yeah. thing. And I remember when he came with his guitar on his back. Now he is our house MC in Vegas. Does a great job. So I was in Boston and I was married and I was running 50 comedy clubs in Boston, these one-nighters and everything like that. And I got married and after nine months, my wife passed away. She was 23. I, I got in my car and I drove here and Eddie Brill, who was running this place called Only Joking around the corner said, listen, I'm going to L.A. If you want, you can talk to the owners and take it over. I got there. Rick Messina had taken it over, who was now managing Tim Allen and Drew Carey. But at the time, he was booking like I was. I went to him. I said, are you going to be there long? He said, it doesn't look like it's going to last long. 
lasted six weeks. I went and talked to the owners, and surprisingly, I pitched them my idea of the Boston Comedy Club in New York City. They looked at me like I was crazy, but they said, if you're this passionate, I just remember do it. One thing you told me that I appreciated, you said to me that the difference between the Boston Comedy Club and us, you told me that, I don't know if you remember, is we're we're running a comedy club he says you said i have this club for my clients to get stage time because they're not getting stage time anywhere that's right the young teenagers and so that was the difference yes that's how i started and, the club and my yeah. first comic on stage at my club was louis ck at 18 and Chappelle at 18 and Brewer at 19 and Jeff Ross at 22 and so I used it as stage time until they could find people like yourself who saw what I saw in these people it's not that you didn't see it in these people you hadn't seen them yet I had seen them but they couldn't get on stage at these eight comedy clubs around and then once you saw them and when you brought them into your club I thought to myself wow, I guess I do have an eye for this yeah, thing. Yeah. And so what started is that... You had Greer, I remember. Greer Barnes, that's right, which morphed into all these things. Yeah. And so even though I didn't manage certain people, I started them on stage like the Sarah Silvermans when she was at she NYU. She here too. And so most of the lineups of my club were these young people, even Kevin Hart. The difference is that you were managing them. That's right. And I was just booking That's them. Right. That was the difference But also us. the difference with this club is you had a lineup of people that were in their 30s and early 40s who were the behemoths of the business. And I had Let these... Let me tell you, Colin is still, till today... Hilarious. Not just hilarious. He's just brilliant and the nicest man on this planet and innovative. You know, he just opened the show next door. He has a new new one-man show. He's just brilliant. He's been all throughout those years. And he is mentor to comics. And he is, he's just, I don't have enough words to praise that man. And so I come from Boston. I get in my car. I just drive. I open a club. I don't even think I understood what I was doing. But I just said, look, I got to get out of this town. This bad thing happened. Yeah. I've got to start a new life. Yeah. I got to start managing. Let me see what I can do. And I just did it. I would have these homeless people passing out flyers on every corner. Yeah, uh, but we, we assigned corners, you remember? Yes. You can go to this corner. We, <laughs> we came to an agreement, and that's why the relationship changed and it was good. But you guys were so mad at me. At I, first. Even though I knew you hated me, I'd still come in here and be with a smile on my face. How you doing? I love this place. It's my yeah. favorite club. Yeah, I remember that. And to this day, I will say to you and look you in the eye, Look, I had that club for 18 years until I went to L.A. and said, you guys take it back and do whatever you want with it. And then it closed within a year, unfortunately. But the point being is that... You wanted to send me the phone number. Do you remember? I did. <laughs> I wanted to give you the phone the number. The Boston comment is... I wanted to give you the phone You didn't want it. Uh, <laughs> I always knew and loved this comedy club more than my own. Isn't that weird? Maybe you saw here where you were going with your thing as that's where you want to get. Maybe I, that's what it was because you had the young talent that is going to get better. And they all, each one of them was a star in the making, but they were very young then.
Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my Blueprint for Success, a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one -on -one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to barrycats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, we can take your career so far that one day, instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. Hey everybody, I've talked a lot about AquaTrue on this show, the amazing water purification system that's literally a miniature water cooler in your home that purifies the water in a way that no one else has ever figured out how to do. It's this incredibly efficient piece of equipment and it gives you the best tasting water you can ever imagine for pennies. You just take it out of the box, plug it in, put your tap water in it, and it takes out all the bad chemicals and gives you the best and healthiest water you can ever imagine, saving you thousands of dollars each year from buying bottled water in the store. I have one at my house and office, and everyone who uses it orders one, and you should too. Just go to industrystandardwater.com and type in the promo code Barry, and if you act now, you can get $100 off and start enjoying the best and most cost-effective water you've ever had, and never waste another dollar buying bottled water again. And I just want to share another groundbreaking product with you. It's a revolutionary air purifier that will change the way your home operates. And I'm talking about the air doctor. The air inside our home can be up to a hundred times more polluted than the air outside. But with the air doctor, you don't have to worry about it as it removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and so many other contaminants that circulate throughout our homes. Till now, the only thing that could come close to this product were systems that cost thousands of dollars. But now you can get the Air Doctor for a fraction of the cost, normally $600. And if you don't believe me, check Amazon. But for a limited time, I can give you 50% off and save you $300. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and get rid of all the bad toxins in your home. I'm telling you, I have this product. It really, really works. So get one now and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air you can ever imagine. Tell me the transition that you see from comedians who do Madison Square Garden like Dane Cook and Louis C.K. and Bill Burr and they're working this big room and then they come here and they work the stage that's the size of a Ritz cracker that's four inches off the ground and literally your head scrapes the ceiling. How do you notice how they adjust from the big rooms Look, to the small rooms? Every, every room has its purpose. Okay, they come here to work out. They come here to build a new set, 
to see if a joke works or not. The size of the stage is in, insignificant, I think, in their mind. Um, it's one thing when you practice something, and so it's not important. Of course, you want to have a good... Look, we try on our end to be as supportive of the comics as we can. In other words, we have security, we have a, a three drink maximum that we sell. We don't want to get them drunk. Um, no cell phones. Uh, we do everything that makes the comedian comfortable here. That he knows we've got their back. So they come and if they have a choice of going working out new material, new joke, new concept, whatever that is, that they are safe here. There is no question of transition. They know that this is not Radio City or Madison Square Garden. They know that. But they're they're safe and they they can work. And in a play, in a script, in a song, you learn the song, you know the song, you perform the song. In comedy, you have to keep writing. You have to renew yourself. You have to come up with things. Where are they gonna do that? So they come to a place where they feel safe, and that's what they do. Comedians of today versus the comedians from 30 to 20 years ago, do you notice a difference in the style, the work ethic, the level of comedy, or is it all the same every year? Do you look through of all the over 30 years you've been here? Do you say, yeah, comedians are just as good 30 years ago as they are today? Or what is your opinion about I, that? I, I believe so. I never really actually think about that. But if you bring it up and I'm trying to remember, it's it's pretty much the same it, it's it's the art form that is a little bit more forthcoming that uh, they speak about subject matters that maybe in the past were a little bit of a taboo or only few people spoke about it and they became the revolutionary you know um so it's it's more upfront right now but the art of comedy, I think, is pretty much the same. One, one two, Six degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation. I'm going to mention a name of somebody. You could tell me a short sentence, a story, one word, anything that comes to your mind that resonates with you about somebody. Dave Chappelle. Very unique, very different, brilliant, talented, a nice guy. Um, only positive stuff, really. I mean, he went through whatever that was, I don't know. But now he makes fun, he addresses it and makes fun of it, so it's all good. Ray Romano. Love him to death. Love him, love him, love him, love him. Uh, very close friends of, uh, with me. Uh, he gives back to the club. Every time he's here, he's working on a show or movie or something. He always comes, he goes on. Fantastic individual, nice man. Jeffrey Ross. Ah, uh, you mean <laughs> there's a difference between Jeff Lifshitz and Jeff Ross. Uh, Jeff, Jeff is fun, you know, he found his, his, um, um, 
niche of the roasts and now with the bumping mics with the tail good for him Amy Schumer again I have a very personal relationship with Amy Schumer um, now that she's so successful she is also branching into being uh, a little bit more of an activist um, but I think that Amy Schumer is the modern day modern day Lucille Ball as far as comedic acting I saw her on Broadway incredible actor I'm telling you mark my word she is fabulous and she's extremely supportive of co other comics yes she she's is producing the shows and specials very very supportive of women you know women comics by the way uh, uh, Ryan Hamilton that's how I met him through her she she sent him down here Pete Davidson I love Pete I love Pete he, I don't, he's not here often enough where I have a, as close a relationship with him as I do with the others that I mentioned to you. But f whenever he comes, he's gentleman, he's humble, he's sweet, he's funny. Bill Burr. Guts. Guts and glory. I remember, well, that's another one that went, started and just went up, 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 up. And then he also found this angle of uh, anger and correcting people politically correct, uh, hates political correctness and all of that. Very talented. Very funny. Robin Williams. Oh, love him so much. Gentle soul. Very, very <laughs> gentle soul. Um very sweet obviously very talented i no i mean everybody knows that he was a great actor you know very sweet very sad very sad because i don't think i realize how sad he was inside sarah silverman i love her she, she's great she's great and you know what personality wise she's the same Sarah <laughs> from years ago same girl i mean i mean i can talk to her the same way i talked to her then john stewart love him uh, i think he's very he's brilliant uh again he also evolved into a humanitarian and and you know but he's always been his comedy was always fantastic fantastic Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> a lot of respect a lot of respect um, he he's done some uh, directing for Colin show and and um, Ryan Hamilton works with him a lot that way around um, very stable, very a staple in the comedy world. Uh, really good comedian. Really, really good comedian. You know? Um, yeah, I like him a lot. Kevin Hart. Ah, firecracker. <laughs> what a firecracker. I remember he would come, uh, we would sit in the back there, and he would come and relate a story. And he would would act out the story <laughs> he wouldn't just tell you he was like jumping what a oh sweet 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 you know he's extremely close with uh, keith keith robinson yeah. of course produced his hour special yes yes i was there it was wonderful 
Chris Rock. I don't know where to start because I really like Chris. I think he is a good guy. He doesn't mince words. If he has to say something, he'll come out and say it. He is extremely funny. Extremely funny. He's topical. Whatever is happening, he'll he'll talk about it. And he's very honest. Very honest with his um, comedy. Well, most comedians are honest about the comedy, if you think about it. But there is... I'm trying to grasp how he is... I don't know. I mean, he has the personal thing in his life, obviously being so famous. Everybody heard about his, let's say, divorce or something. And he'll get on stage and address it and talk about it and make it amusing almost, almost even when it's not. That, that, that's a very um, unique quality in a person to, to unmask yourself and still, you know, I much respect, much, much respect. Louis C.K. I knew you were going to do that. I love Louis. My I, first I client ever. Him. Yeah. I love Louis. Yeah. Do you remember his beginning, his act in the beginning? He yes, would get he on would stage. do the noises. Exactly. And you, <laughs> Just did, and, noises. You, and you didn't like it. Just, no. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> but he, he's a, a good comic. He's funny. He's uh, talented. Again, very uh, in your face. He's really funny. I thought what you did was really fascinating because a lot of people, when he came back and he came here and the crowd was so supportive of him, at least that's what was reported. And I thought it was really great, but maybe other people might not think this way. You're like a matriarch here and you are the preeminent, most respected woman in comedy, at least one of the most respected women in comedy. If you are tying the whole thing to Louis and his comeback and all of that, it's not my glory. It's not my... Um, uh, Noam gets all the credit. He's very, very brilliant. He addressed it in a brilliant way. Your proudest moment in your entire career. I, I really don't know what to say. I am proud of our shows i am proud of our reputation the reputation of this place is very good you know it's stellar reputation um greatest comedy club in the world i i don't know about you know a lot of people when they meet me they say that but what does that really mean any given night uh, at the club can produce a great show and it's gonna be you know I don't know but when I meet people that I really respect and they compliment the place or the show or me I I, I, I don't like taking credit because a lot of what's happening sort of falls into my lap my talent maybe is to grasp it and do something positive with it you know what i mean um i constantly look for for new people and new blood and fresh a fresh um talent which i think that is very important and right now as many shows that i have 
I bug Noam. I said I need I need another room. I need more more room. I have Noam's Manny's son who also and the owner and of the, the comedy owner. salon. And and Manny was for a civilian, not a comedian, the funniest person that you want to meet with the greatest sense of humor, incredibly intelligent. You know, he was a political animal. He loved politics. And so if there was a comedian that had a little think of politics, he always, you know, he would argue and scream, whatever. And then he would say, come on, I'll give you a ride home. Um, um, but that's what it is. I'm a little bit greedy when it comes to new talent and new comics and good comics. And I just love them to death. Hey everybody, let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business, I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Your biggest disappointment in the business and how you used it to fuel yourself to the next level. What's disappointing to me is when people, like you mentioned before, people that don't get to work here, they either resent me or hate me or think that I'm doing whatever. To me, this is very disappointing that that's how they see it, because it's not so. If I don't use you, I don't know. It, it, it's disappointing that I cannot get other people to see that sometimes I cannot book you or sometimes it's not good for a certain show. Sometimes I don't have enough spots. Sometimes you are just maybe starting and you not don't have i mean it's a disappointing thing if there is a comic that they compare to himself to somebody seasoned that kills and destroys and whatever and they're resenting me for that this is disappointing and i don't know how to convey that without either hurting somebody's feelings i would never ever ever in a million years want to hurt a comedian's feelings i know how important it is for them to work and work here i i, I see people auditioning getting off the stage sweating nervous almost in tears 
I am so uncomfortable with this. After all these years, I cannot be have have a cold heart about it. You know, I I I don't know. And I and I'll say, you know what? Let's try in six months, maybe again. I I I'll never would turn around and say, nah. I've never done it in all the years that I've been doing this. But this is the hardest part of my job. Disappointing that I don't have the ability to make it okay with everybody. This is the biggest thing for me. What advice do you have for the young comedian starting out who wants to walk into this club and go on stage and show you their five to seven minutes and then beyond that to get to the place and navigate this crazy business and bookers and everybody and have the kind of careers of the people that we mentioned in the six degrees of separation. Okay, let me let me explain something to you. Um, there's two types of performers that do comedy. There's the comedian, and then there is a comedian that wants to get a TV show and move on. There's two different, it's a difference. Um, if you want to work here, you've got to be a comedian. Uh, if you have a TV show, it's fantastic. It gives the, the customer downstairs a big thrill to see a star. But the bottom line is, is to be a comedian. And if you're young, write, write, write. Work on your performance. Work on your charisma. Work on your energy. I mean, we can count low energy comics that are very successful on one hand. Stephen Wright, you know, you. So all of those things, this would be my advice. Now, if you want a TV show, that's a different story. But that's not a comedian make. Esty, I had such an amazing time. Thank you for allowing Thank me you. in your beautiful establishment Let's go that eat. I love. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to scroll through the list of people who sent me a message, and one of these people will be a lucky winner. And they'll get to attend a podcast live with one of my guests, meet them, shake their hand, ask them a few questions, or else if they're out of town, out of state, or out of the country, We'll Skype them in or FaceTime them or anything like that so they can be there. Why not? So let me look here randomly and pick somebody. All right, landing on JRX 312, December 8th, 2018. The heading reads, Phenomenal Listing Content, five stars. And the comment reads, Barry Cat shares his insight with his own personal experience alongside his guests, and it's eye-opening. Personally, I'm a student at LBCC, broadcast major, and wow, this podcast is definitely the most inspirational and informative program I've listened to. Take a listen. You won't regret it. Thank you so much, JRX312. I greatly appreciate it. You are a winner. And speaking of winners, I had one of my winners, Mark Conforti, from way down south. 
who's a pastor down there, fly up to New York, hang out with me, and we had the greatest time and got to listen to a podcast. We got to go to some comedy clubs. It was really, really wonderful. So trust me, winners matter. And if you win, you will come and see a show and you never know, there's a possibility that there might be more. And that wraps up part two of our podcast. I just wanted to thank my incredible partners, starting with AquaTrue, the revolutionary miniature countertop water purification system that works straight out of the box. Plug it in, fill it with tap water, and immediately turn your faucet into your favorite bottled water for pennies. You can get $100 off when you go to industrystandardwater.com and just type in the promo code BEAR and start enjoying the best water you've ever had and never buy another bottle of water again. And I Killed JFK, the groundbreaking film about the only living person who admitted to killing Kennedy. Go to IKillJFK.com, buy the film and the rare interviews with five of the last living experts, and I guarantee it'll change your mind about what happened that day. And the Air Doctor, the innovative portable air purification system which will change your overall quality of life. It instantly removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and other contaminants circulating in your home. Normally $600, and if you don't believe me, check Amazon right now. But for a limited time, I can offer you 50% off. That's a $300 savings. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air in the world. And here's a preview of the next very special episode. Keenan Thompson. It's all about doing your research. Like, I wish, you know, more people would know the fact that SNL picks a lot from the Growlings or they pick a lot from Second City and things like that. I didn't know about any of that if you don't grow up in a town that has one of those places. You know what I mean? Atlanta doesn't have a, you know, an improv house like that. So I didn't really know what that was. L.A. does, Chicago does. So a lot of those people that are growing up with a funny bone are more prone to learn about that stuff and figure out a way, especially if you make it into those schools, they'll tell you exactly how to get to SNL. You know what I mean? It'll just be, do you get picked or not? For me, I just auditioned and happened to be in a place where I was able to get two auditions. Like Atlanta was just good for me like that to wind up in whatever I did. And then whenever I got a job, I made sure I killed it. And that's all you can do. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get all the money, drop that fancy car. All the people love you, cause you're going for life is for the dreamers. They have all to gain. It's never quite over till it all feels the same. You pick your own poison, dig your own grave down in the valley. 
Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to BarryKatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. Leave a comment and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support and have a great day.